in brightest day, in blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Pretty cool, huh? Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 181. Our reviews of uh, Green Lantern New Guardians 25 through 27. Uh, so we're, we're, we're keeping the review uh, the review wagon. Here I go with transportation metaphors again. Rolling. <laughs> <laughs> rolling, rolling. Yeah. Huzzah. Uh, so, yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, we're, we're keeping the reviews g- going here. Um, we'll be covering, uh, the New Guardian stuff, and, uh, this time around, uh, Mark is taking 25 and 27, and I'm taking 26. So, uh, there's really no need for further ado. Go ahead, Mark. Alrighty then, issue 25, Green Lantern New Guardians, the cover has Kyle Rayner falling and float more like falling than floating with the new guardians falling and with him with Kyle Rayner lost in space so again written by Justin Jordan Brad Walker the artist and Geraldo Borges is the penciler at least for part of it actually yeah they place pretty much he's Looks like they both split up penciler duties, actually, looking at it. And the inkers were split up, too. Drew Hennessy and Cam Smith. So the issue is pretty well split up with art, with artists and inkers. So we begin in on Zamoron, where Carol Ferris has returned. And the Zamoron central power battery is glowing ever so nicely again. And Carol is delivering to the Zamorons pretty much what Hal Jordan's plan was about how he planned on policing the rings. And they're asking Carol, are we being threatened? And she points out, well, I don't think so. At least he's not a threat. Not yet. Carol does. She's kind of lamenting the loss of everyone, including the blues. But she's more lamenting the loss of Kyle and lights out. And she does mention that she does believe the power that they have is a gift. And it should be used probably a little better than they had been using it. A little more thought should be put into it. The Zamorans question whether she's unhappy with their command or whether they're implying that, and she says no. It's just that I think they're as star sapphires. We can do better, and we owe it to the people that gave our gave their lives for us to still have this power. And while their conversation is going on, uh, Carol gets a gets a message. I'm assuming through her ring. And she goes, hold on, I'm getting a call. And then and the Zamorans are, needless to say, a little confused by that. And then she goes, sorry, got to go. And she goes, I need to see about a... And then it's next page, it says, jerk. And then she f- is there, confronted or face-to-face with Kyle, who for the f- now she has found out that seemingly the only human anywhere that's fa- that knows that Kyle did not die at the end of Lights Out. And she's kind of going on, like, why didn't you tell me you were alive? All, all this... Uh, romantic banter or pseudo romantic banter at least coming from carol's end and then the you find out that it was the guardians that actually called for carol to join to join them and i'm just trying to see if there's anything more anything relevant there 
not really. Uh, we go. They, we find as they continue to talk, you find out that uh, Kyle kind of goes through his rationale or his reasons why no one else is uh, why he hasn't basically told anybody else that he's alive and why it's probably not a good idea. Um, at least he does mention Saint Walker was in a coma, as opposed and his guys are red. I can't tell John because John would tell Hal, which kind of surprises. Carol and I think Carol again kind of internalizes stuff and makes it and I think implies takes it that maybe Kyle doesn't want Hal to know because of the feelings that Carol is kind of having for Kyle but Kyle doesn't really confirm that he just kind of mentions that he just needs to figure some things out first and that's why he's kind of keeping on the down low then we find uh, Palco introduces the this the kind of like the leader of this alien group on the this uh, the population of this planet and he his name is Nias Den Throdden and basically what we he's oh he's super super friendly and what we basically find out is this planet which is Exurus is seemingly a paradise it's the greatest place in the universe, Neus proclaims. And you kind of look at it, and it's kind of like almost like a spider web of, of connective tissue on this planet on the surface. So, Carolyn, uh, Carol and Kyle are kind of a little skeptical about this. And while Neus is talking, to say, come on, you'll believe me, look. And he just kind of like jumps jumps off, and he all of a sudden he thinks he's going to, the alien's like, He's nuts, like he's going to commit suicide or something. And then you find out that, oh, he's just floating in space. How is how is that possible? How is that possible? And the Guardians kind of point out there that basically what's going on or operating on this planet is an intelligence, what they, what's called as an, you know, an intelligent structure. And more or less it, it, uh, it computerizes the molecules and basically it lets them control everything, every single thing on the planet. So that's one of the reasons he wouldn't die or couldn't die by just falling off. Uh, the planet, again, seems pretty, pretty perfect, and everybody's all friendly. Uh, Kyle and Carol go back and have a brief discussion. She, Carol points out that when Neus jumped, kind of like fell off, that Kyle's first reaction was not to use the ring to save him, and she goes, you're afraid to use you're afraid to use the ring, aren't you? And he goes, no, I'm not afraid to use the ring, but I'm, I'm going to be a little more cautious with it. I think we, we kind of need to kind of echoing what Carol said before that there kind of needs to be a, maybe a little more thought out process of it because even though Carol thinks or says, oh, you can just, well, you're a white lantern. You could just refill the reservoir again if you really needed to. And he goes, well, that's kind of the problem. I don't know if I really could do that. I'm not entirely sure how it happened the first time. You know, the entities, you know, he basically did it with the entity's help. And he points out, this is the first kind of hint, like a thing with Chad and I have talked about before that, and I'm, most people probably suspect this too, that the entities probably really aren't gone for good. But Kyle makes the, the point of saying that, and the other entities are gone. After he points out that, you know, the parallax wasn't with them, he goes, and the other entities are gone, maybe for good, which, of course, should send off like, you know, a gong and, and red alerts right there that 
they've kind of they're almost telling you that the, the entities really aren't going to be gone. Um, they're still trying to figure out why, you know, why they're actually on this on this planet. Um, part of the reason why is one of the female guardians who was listening to them, point Zala, points out that we don't really have all the answers to the questions that we're, everybody's looking for, especially since Lights Out, but we do, we kind of have come to a consensus that the core is not the solution, so our mission is to find another way. Which, of course, if it was, if these were the regular guardians, that'd be setting off more more gongs than you had, because that kind of led, led to the to the Third Army's rise. But at least with these guys, we're giving them the the benefit of the doubt. So the reason why it gets explained, um, Zala kind of explains the reason why they're really on this planet is the fact that Exurus, not that long ago, certainly in the course of evolution, was basically a backwater planet. And until a century ago, I mean, everything, all their technology and everything were, you know, were far too rough. Or basically, they were roughly on the equivalent of where Earth was at that point. And now here they are. A hundred years later, and now they have all this massive technology and it's such a perfect world, and they they just really don't really want to figure out what's going on here because it doesn't seem really logical. I mean, if it's true, if everything is as good as it seems, and it can be utopia pretty much for they can learn how this was done on this planet, they could duplicate it, replicate it, and it could be makes basically a utopian universe. So basically, Zala kind of charges Kyle and Car- and Carol to observe and try to figure out exactly what's going on, what's going on on this planet. So Carol and uh, Kyle accept this, take up the mantle that they're that's laid on their uh, at their feet. Basically, they follow the teenage Exurians, if that's what their plurals would be, because they. They seem a, a big crowd of people gathering towards this one building. Uh, the uh, they try to get some of the na- the natives, the aliens, try to talk them out of going there, and Kyle automatically goes, "I'll oh, see. This is right now. We're going to find out what's wrong because you you know because you don't want me to go here." And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, the other gar- the other guardians are there, along with uh, Neus. And he says there's no, you know, there's really no, there's no need to do this, that, you know, there's not, we're not hiding anything. And, you know, I'll, I'll pretty much show you, you know, what's go, what's going on. So Kyle goes, Kyle goes um, to check out exactly what's going on. He finds out that, cutting to the chase here, since I don't want to do, he finds out that basically what's been going on on this planet is that they have been searching through other, basically other alternative futures or other alternative worlds, possible worlds, different outcomes um, where things were not quite as rosy. And they basically were taking the best, all the best aspects of these other versions of their own planet to bring them through a portal to theirs so basically they created a paradise for themselves at the price of basically destroying alternate versions of their own worlds you know they're stealing their future is what Kyle accuses them of that as it's explained to Kyle 
that the device, the portal that they've created, the device allows us to change these moments where something went wrong in our timeline and went right somewhere else. So we swap these moments. So basically all the good moments, when there is a choice between things going good and going bad, they, they swapped out all the good moments from other, you know, from other worlds, other alternate planets, versions of their planet to make their world one perfect world. Uh, Kyle just points out you're stealing their futures to create a world where everything has gone right. You also created one where everything, one has gone, everything has gone wrong. He goes, no, we take from many timelines, not merely one. Small moments, it would be easy for us to think that they, these did not matter. But he does – but the grandfather there figure who, he, who is explaining all this tell, to him kind of tells him that it does really matter that um, this – that there's a there's a – a price, a price to be paid for everything they do, and some, you know, some. As he's as he's continuing the story with Kyle, Kyle, you know, keeps challenging that, you know, that despite the fact that there's some guilt involved and some sacrifice by their people to do this, that Kyle keeps questioning, "Are you okay? I mean, do you think this is okay? Do you think what you're doing is right?" He goes, it isn't. He goes, no, it isn't worth it. You have, you have, you don't have the right. Kyle said. And he goes, no, but we have the ability. Do you have a better basis for what, whatever it is that you might do next? And before Kyle can say anything, you know, the grandfather get gets speared, and he collapses in Kyle's arms. And then Kyle looks behind him, and he finds out that all of a sudden there's a Neus from another version of this planet, another timeline. And we've been a long time coming, friend. We want our future back. And that is a sorry for the long-winded first issue of New Guardians for tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's Deadshot Exurin. (laughs) (laughs) But there were some. But there's see, there's some meat in this issue. So in a way, I didn't want to gloss over it. But then again, there's I don't want to get didn't want to get bogged down in the minutia too of some of the dialogue. So. There's a Deadshot Exurin. There's a uh, Michelangelo from TMNT Exurin. Up at the very top left. Looks like he's holding... No, I mean... Uh, I don't know. Those, those could either be nunchucks or size. So maybe... Yeah, it's true. Mike slash Raph. <laughs> I like going with the green hair, too. <laughs> Beast. <laughs> yeah. Beast Exurin. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so what did you think of this concept? The... Stealing from your own future slash alternate realities slash alternate universes. I kind of liked it actually. Yeah, but see, was... see, I don't, I don't know though. Like, what, what, what is it? Are they stealing from multiple timelines, or are they somehow accessing other universes in which Exurus exists? Like, I don't know. I think, I think it's more timelines because I think, I think the grandfather says that that it's that it's other timelines um yeah where something went wrong in our timeline and went right somewhere else and we take from many timelines so i'm assuming it's actually more that there's alternate timelines as opposed to which is kind of essentially if really the same thing when you really think about it yeah how do you slice it i mean alternate timelines alternate universes that kind of what it is in a way Um, yeah isn't it because isn't the whole concept of an alternate universe like you know, if you make a choice in one universe, there's a, there's a, like, you know, if it's a yes or a no choice and you say yes in this universe, there's another universe where you said no. Yes, yeah. 
And yeah, I agree. I think it's just not. It's just not like. It's just not like the multiverse. It's just not you know where they're they're, they're taking from Exorus like a fifteen or something like that. It's not. It's not just as clear cut. They're not. Um. I. Th- I mean, that's about the only differentiation. Differentiation, I should say, you can really make between that. But it's it's a similar. It's a similar concept. Hmm. It's like. Um, but I don't know. I thought I. Th- I thought the concept. I thought the concept was kind of interesting. I could. I mean, I thought I liked again for the most part. I liked the way Carol is drawn mostly, but I don't. Again, I don't like. I don't like the. I don't like the character that they're giving her, at least when she's with Kyle. Um, but I thought the storyline itself was interesting. I thought the Guardians, what their goals were, or at least on the surface, what their goals were, I thought was interesting. I liked it. I thought. I think it. I thought it was a good way to, you know, to kind of continue the flow of the feel of the book, I should say, since it's actually the first issue other than it's the first issue since the new uh, creative team took over that really isn't tied at all to lights out. Mm-hmm. You know, all the all the previous issues were the prologue and then we had the then we had the the actual lights out tie in. So but I, I still like the vi- I mean, I like the vibe off it and I and I still think it's. There isn't anything that happened in this book or really in the other two books in, that we're going to be talking about tonight. I think that it makes me change my mind that this is the best Lantern book right now still. Um, do you think that Carol Ferris, Carol Ferris was at one point queen of the Zamorans? Oh, in this timeline? Yeah. I think that's a good, I think that's a good question. Um, I mean, obviously she commands enough respect to get an audience with them, but... You know, Hal commanded enough respect to get a bunch of lanterns. Hand, hand commanded enough respect to get an audience with the Guardians. So I don't. It doesn't just. How, I'm, I just don't, I'm trying to remember how long how long ago did they make her queen? That's what I was trying to think off the top was, of my head when you asked. It me was that. after Queen Agapo died uh, during Brightest Day. She was queen during Brightest Day because I remember that she was the one who had the Predator with her. Remember at one point he was like sulking around her like it was her pet. I do. I I do remember. Yeah, that, that was. I, I do. That was after that was right. Agapo died. So. Um, I don't know. I think that's a that's a good. I think everything indicates that she's what that she wasn't just based on the interactions but of course we've never been told directly that she wasn't maybe they, maybe they figure it's such a, a minor a minor point from the point of view of, of how she interacts with everybody else that she interacts with that they don't really need to address it i'm not sure hmm. i mean it's not like they're disrespectful or anything but they 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 do say two things that could go either way the first one being are you implying that you're unhappy with our command Meaning that if she says that she is, maybe their next line of thought could be, well, you can always take back the the throne, you know, that kind of a thing. And they also say, but you are not in charge. So could she say, you know, you used to be, you could have been making the decision. Like, I don't know. Are are they implying with what the Zamorans do say that she was in charge or that she wasn't? I don't know. I think I think maybe if they had put more emphasis on like the 
that you are not in charge or the you in that sentence or something or are you are you implying you are unhappy with our command that they put the emphasis on our maybe the way it was even the way it was written then maybe maybe i would take it as almost almost like a dig that they're trying to say well you know this where you're going with it kind of like well you know this is what happens when you, don't, you this didn't have to be this way if you have you have you, have you kept what we gave you you, you wouldn't be in this situation <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't i just kind of thought that they were kind of exercising their that making it clear who was in control i didn't know not so much that it was a pure power struggle or that they were re, that they were in a way making carol revisit her own decisions i just thought it was them they were making it clear. They were basically getting information from her about what's the deal with Hal. You know, is this going to be an issue for us going forward? Or you know, about the dealing with the Greens that they're a basically war on the horizon, or is there not? And then just making it clear that you know, we kind of you know respect, you know, we kind of respect, you know, the, but you, the info you're giving us and the sacrifice of of everybody, including Kyle. But you know, we're that doesn't mean that we're gonna that you're calling the shots. Mm. So, I like the the background images here and there, like uh, Kyle teaching Nice how to shake hands. Yes. That's, yeah, that is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I still don't know if I like the Kyle Carol romantic thing. No, I I I know that I don't. So <laughs> I don't. The only thing that I do like, and we've, we've kind of touched on this before. The only thing that I do like is they're kind of making it crystal clear at this point that's that the feelings are really only going one way. Mm-hmm. Um, that could just be a ruse until Kyle like sticks his tongue down her throat one issue, and then it's like, oh, I've been holding back these feelings for so long. But moving but moving beyond that possibility, I. They do make it clear, and that's why I think it annoys me so much that you know Carol's the one that that's kind of acting like this lovesick teenager or unrequited love or whatever, and you think she'd be old enough to begin with, but she wouldn't quite act that way. Plus, it's the fact that you know she doesn't really know Kyle that I mean that that well. But I do I do like the fact that Kyle just kind of you know he just kind of like shakes it off. That uh, and we'll kind of come back to that once you know as we go through the issues because it's another kind of rears its head again in issue 27, the, the banter between the two of them, which I kind of you know which I kind of gave you a preview of and and how I described it, but but yeah I don't like it I don't really think it's I, I become let's see where they go with it I mean maybe they'll throw us a curveball with it but I I think it would, as long as Kyle kind of remains on the same path that he's on I don't I it's a little easier to take for me. But we'll see. You know what I don't get is after Nias jumps, that panel where Kyle goes into his civilian clothes for like a panel and then goes right back to his white lantern outfit. What? What? Well, I think... What is well, that? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess it is a kind of a dumb com- concept to try to be... Ink- incognito it's like i'm gonna go incognito <laughs> it's like it's like you couldn't be incognito if you wanted to you, you, you don't you look nothing like the people on this planet <laughs> so wearing a, a bright you know bright white shiny outfit or wearing you know t-shirt and pants what is it gonna matter but i think that's the only i think that's only what he was kind of alluding to it's like uh yeah. but kind of playing off with carol's the cat with carol said it's like you know, if you mean to go in, 
yeah, incognito. I don't think that's actually going to help. And it's like, but yeah, it did. It, it it didn't really make much sense. I mean, it it didn't really have to happen. Hmm. I do like I do like the fact that this book is evolving. Uh, you can tell particularly in the Guardians themselves. Um, the mission for them is evolving. Like Carol says, billion years in a box, see the sights, part of the plan. And they say, no, we're not. We're not in that stage anymore. Now we're in a, the Green Lantern Accord is not the solution. So we're going to try and find a better way. Like their plan is evolving. I like that. It's not, it's not, they're, they're not in see the sights mode anymore. We're, we're in a shift in, in, in roles here. Yes. I, that, that is, hopefully, from a, from a storytelling point of view, yes, that's, a, that's definitely a good switch. Whether it, it's good for the Green Lanterns or not, we'll have to see, because we, <laughs> it does kind of, you know, it does kind of set, set off a certain number of alarms if you kind of heard similar talk not that long ago. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's just that, you know, how long did you want them to be in see the sights mode? I mean, it, after a certain amount of time, it would probably get annoying to have these childlike naive guardians learning about the universe you know the only problem i have with it if any is the fact that all we really had is this lights out stuff have they really had much time to learn about the universe but but even still i just i do like the fact that they're progressing so but cool. lights out lights out probably speeded up their need in far as they were concerned their need to kind of get things under control and to and to reevaluate things because obviously there were a lot of things that happened in lights out that you know that had been either proven or at least it's being alluded that it was completely different than the way they thought things really were that things were operating a little or i shouldn't say a little a lot differently than they thought they were at least before they went and did you know went on their guard duty of uh, Valthum. So I think it makes sense. I kind of, they kind of, and plus if you buy into the whole, that the, the spectrum is limited and the using the, using the power drains it and it's killing the universe every time you do it, even if it's ever so slowly, if they could find a, a better solution to kind of uh, make the universe a better place without having to use the core, without having to use the light potentially, as much if at all then that that's also in everybody's best interest as far as so they may if that may have changed their focal point too mm-hmm. i don't know if i like this concept it's it's it seems overly confusing which one the timeline thing? yeah because and you guys don't know this but when we were talking before like uh off air about who was taking what issue uh for review he said I was taking 26, and I was like, ah, sigh, because that's like the meat of the alternate timeline, what's happening type of a thing of a concept I didn't really understand to begin with. I'm sorry, Chad. <laughs> it's all right. To be fair, you were correct, and that's not why I chose. And that's not in particular in particular why I, I said I'd do 25 and 27. We're just kind of all keeping the alternating pattern going, but I will agree that 26 – 26 is a little more confusing than than 25 Mm -hmm. and i didn't like 26 nearly as much as 25 um probably for that reason yeah it's it's i'm not saying it's i mean it's a comic book and it's advanced technology i understand the basic of what's going on but the stealing future from futures and multiple futures and 
the, all of this stuff, it's it just seems like a bunch of elements of time travel type sci-fi stories all mixed into one, and it's hard to tell what they're going for here. I mean, like, you understand it, but you don't kind of a thing. Yes. I think that sums it up nicely. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like how the um, the splash page. Okay, so at the very beginning of the book, well, towards the very beginning of the book, when you first see um, Exurus. Yes. That I'm sorry, I'm trying to get there uh, with my my digital copy here. Look at the panel. Exurus is yeah, the Exurus is the greatest place in the universe. Yes, panel, yeah, yeah, right? the the title page there. Look at the look at the way Exurus is laid out. Look at the position of the planets and the orbiting moons and everything. And look at the position of the panels themselves. And then go to the page where they go to the Exurus of the future. Oh, and it's all burning? Yeah. That one? The the layout of the panels is almost exactly the same. That is true. Ex- yes, it is actually. Exurus itself is almost exactly the same. As far as the position of the buildings, and they're standing on that ledge thing, and that ledge was to the left of that major panel, and it was on a slope, and that whole thing. Yep, it makes sense, actually. It doesn't mean structurally it would make sense the planet would look. But yes, but even the way it's be- being set up, yes, it's like, it's the dark, it's the negative image, yeah. pretty much, yeah. literally. Of, of what we saw earlier, so that's cool. So, so your first glimpse of paradise, and your first glimpse, as Kyle says it himself, of hell and it's the exact same image only a different perspective really so that's cool i like i like i, I see I basically uh that's a nod of the hat to the artist of i see what you did there <laughs> <laughs> i don't know is there anything else to say about this i mean for something for a concept it's oh, i don't want to say overly complicated but for a concept that's complicated it's there's not a whole lot to say about it I think, like you mentioned, more of it, I think, comes out in, this, in the next issue more than this issue. So that's kind of like the twist you get towards the, you know, right towards the very end is when you kind of get the twist, the, the explanation of what of what's going on. Then, then, of course, then you have the alternate version, Naya stepping out. Mm-hmm. All right, well, then I'll go ahead and go over to 26, if you don't mind. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Green Lantern New Guardians number 26. Um, Justin Jordan, Brad Walker, Gerardo Borges. Uh, we pick up right where the previous one left off. Uh, Kyle is trying to hold off uh, Alt Nias. Um, I'll, just, I'll just call him Alt Nias. <laughs> um, he... Or Bad Nias. <laughs> ah, like Alt. Uh, Alt Nice puts this bracelet thing on his forearm uh, as Kyle attacks him, and basically uh, Kyle's attack doesn't work. Kyle says, well, all right, well, basically he says, all right, fine, I'm going to pour on the power. Uh, and the Guardian, uh, Yekop, who basically forevermore shall be known as the one who likes to talk a lot, um, <laughs> the one who uh, doesn't know how to doesn't know shorthand um uh, <laughs> comes flying in and basically says no because what he's doing is he's altered the 
I don't know what what is this this system that keeps this planet basically like, like nanobots, right? Uh, yeah, their intelligence structure. Yeah, quote unquote. yeah, their intelligence structure is fighting you off because he's commanding it now. Uh, Alt Nice is commanding it now. So the more power you pour on attacking him, the more power the intelligence structure puts in to defending him. So therefore, you're dra- you're not only pulling resources away from the rest of the planet, you're draining when you dr- when you go full power. The intelligent structure goes full power, and the system starts to break down, basically. Um, so what he does is Kyle then starts to go on uh, the uh, the defensive, puts up a, a construct bubble around the uh, uh, alt exurins, and uh, <laughs> tries to heal the uh, grandfather with the blue light. Um Alt-Xurus presses a button on his, uh, the uh, Alt-Nice touches a button on his spear thing, and the grandfather blows up. Um, They realize that uh, he has command of the entire, the Guardians realize he has command of the system. Then a massive fight breaks out, and bombs go off, and other Alt-Xurins come flying in. he starts directing the uh, alt nice directs the the structure. Basically, what he does um, for the rest of this issue really is alt uh, alt nice turns the the structure into basically almost kind of like a ring. He's cr- kind of basically creating constructs to fight them. Um, Alt's grandfather comes through the portal and they start talking about some plan. Um, so, uh, uh, Carol grabs the other soldiers, the alt Xurans, and goes flying off, and then uh, something happens with the portal. He, uh, Nias, regular Nias, says so many timelines it's not possible. So I don't think this is just alt Nias's timeline. I think it's all the the slighted timelines coming together and converging. I, I don't know what the hell's happening here on this particular. No, I think so. that's probably correct. If you look at the way it's like a puzzle, all the pieces fitting together to make that, to make that almost that close to a splash page, the title page. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's kind of what it is. I think it's. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe basically it's like, an, it's, it's an, an alliance of all the worlds that they screwed over pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, Give or take. Alt Nias attacks regular Nias. Um, Kyle jumps in, and uh, he he's Alt Nias just, uh, tries to go for a kill blow, a kill shot on regular Nias, but the Guardians swoop in and take Nias away. Uh, Carol uh, starts holding is holding off the army while Kyle goes up against Alt Nias. Um, there's battle all over the place. Um, the structure is weakening. Uh, the Guardians then join the fight and try to bring the whole thing to a conclusion. Uh, Alt Nice is still going up against Kyle. Tells him he's going to tear the paradise down. Alt um I think that's Alt Nice. At least maybe one of the soldiers. Uh, I think so. Which where are you? Uh, where, when the guardians come swooping in towards the portal, is that Alt Nice? That's mimicking Gandalf. 
You shall not pass. Not pass. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> I, I do remember. I do remember reading that. And I'm just trying try to get to the okay. to the picture. But yes, I think I think it probably is him. Okay, so the guardians uh, bring up Nias to the alt grandfather, who apologizes to him. Um. Kyle is trying to argue with Alt Nias and is, he's not having in it any of it. But Nias is talking to Alt Grandfather and he seems to be listening about you know I, I thought you guys were monsters but you're not. And Nias is like, well look what you're doing. So Alt Grandfather starts to rethink everything. Uh, the all the the uh, Alt soldiers are captured. I guess Carol put him back through the portal. At this point, Kyle takes the initiative and. Punch, punch, punches slash shatters the controlling unit off of Alt Nias's uh, arm. He goes up against Kyle. Kyle wraps him in a crazy bag. <laughs> um, in the world, the superstructure is now back in control of its own self and starts repairing all of the damage. Um, Kyle then tells Nias, uh, regular Nias, that hey, you need to fix things around here, or I will. Uh, and the, they, uh, he, then Nias turns to the Guardians is like, well, what should I do to make this right? And they just basically said, hey, do what Kyle said. Fix it or we will. And uh, Kyle's like, you didn't, you didn't like what I did. Uh, and Carol's like, well, no. Uh, giving orders and ultimatums and edicts doesn't sound like you. And he's like, well, somebody has to, and I guess that's me. Uh, and then the Guardians are like, uh, are talking to each other. Did you learn what you wanted to to from this? No, Lantern Rainer does not understand what he saw beyond the source wall, but they are coming, and he is not ready. And that is the end of this issue. I like the Guardians and Kyle being proactive at the end. Mm-hmm. I thought that I mean it was it, it was almost necessary, but I kind of like the fact that they did it nonetheless. The fact that they pretty much you know. When when Nias is like asking like how do you how do we make it right it's like well you do it do like Kyle says all all the timelines you've stolen from give them the chance to be better so basically th- go back through throw them all a bone give them something that maybe they can build on and then and then make sure you just you destroy the gate technology so you, there can't be any more crossing over one way or the other yeah. so I thought that was kind of I thought that was interesting I it was I kind of again I and the little conversation between Kyle and Carol is somewhat interesting only because again part part of you at least for me part of you wonders if maybe part of the reason why Kyle uh, excuse me why Carol is questioning what or the approach of Kyle not necessarily his decision but his approach is because maybe she's seeing a little bit of Hal in him that seems to be like a Hal kind of approach a little a black and white kind of way of looking at things so maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's what to a certain extent, pushes a button on her, and even if she doesn't know why, I think maybe that because she could very, you could very easily see Hal making that same kind of decision. Mm-hmm. Uh... I know the middle of the issue is kind of hard. Was you did a good job. The middle of the issue was kind of hard to to kind of go into in any more detail than you did because because it is pretty much you know panel after panel of. Uh, Kyle fighting the altar at Nias, Nias, and then uh, you know Carol fighting the, the 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 troops and the guardians coming here, coming there. So 
I do like the fact that the Guardians are getting hands-on. I do, too. You used to get that feeling whenever you were uh, reading the old-school books, like the Guardians never got involved, and when they did, it was a big deal. It was like, oh, shit, things are bad enough for the Guardians to step in. So I like that. So what what did you think of this issue? Or the, or the arc? But this is kind of odd, too, because we're actually... We're doing a three-issue review, and, and surprisingly enough, the third issue is t- is a standalone issue, and, and this arc was only two issues. I know, right? Isn't that awesome? I, kind of, I realized that when I'm rereading these last time. It's like, wow. It's like I kind of knew that. I knew it, obviously, going back going back to reread them because I remembered the basic storylines, but it just it just kind of struck struck me as odd, especially compared to new to core in Green Lantern, where basically it's the same storyline going on in issue after issue after issue. <laughs> You know, I, I I like the fact I like I like I mean I, to be honest I don't have much interest in this Exurus thing, um, but I don't like it's not it's not like Green Lantern Corps it's not like the uh, the Durlins and the the Coon thing it it's just uh, it's an interesting story and I wanted to read it and I was happy to be reading it but yeah and at the same time I was like why are we here and not somewhere else. But I'm sure we'll see why later on. Um, and I do like the fact that it was a two-issue story arc instead of just like a you know three, four, five with crossovers or something like that. So that was cool. Um, I did I did kind of wonder, and I've been kind of wondering this for a little while, why Kyle keeps defaulting to certain colors like green and red. When it, it didn't hit me until I saw him trying to use the blue light to heal the grandfather. I would think that Kyle would find more excuses to use blue. I don't know why I think that, but I do. No, it would. It, I think that would make sense. You would think, you would think, based on who Kyle is and his experience wielding rings to begin with, that you would think the blue he does have a little bit of experience with, not overly successful, but he does, He the premise of the concept seems to fit him. We know, you know, green is always like we. I think we've we discussed. Green is always probably going to be his default because maybe because mm. he probably still sees himself more as a Green Lantern than anything else. Plus, it's the color that he's more used to using and he has a better handle on. But he does use. But he, it is interesting. He does tend. To, he does tend to use rage fairly often, not super super often, but more than he uses fear. I think, and fear is something that, in a way, you would think would be more, more natural for Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um. And they did kind of tell us why they came, why they at least came to the, that planet because they, yeah, it was a fa- yeah. But I mean, but I know it. It is something. Maybe maybe some variation on the theme will be revisited, or some aspect of this. Or of course, there's always the realistic possibility that they don't really do what they what they're told to do. You know, they might throw the other timelines a bone, but it doesn't mean they're going to just really completely destroy the uh, portal. Yeah. The gateway. But again, it's just the Guardians. I think that's the. I think for now, anyway, that's what we're supposed to take that it's the Guardians trying to look for the alternate solutions and the best way to do to police and keep the universe running smoothly. And if they could have found something, if this if this world had been as good as it looked without any consequence, which of course we know there's always consequences. But if that hadn't been the case, then that would have been they would have struck pay dirt pretty much right away. Um, 
it would have certainly helped when it comes to the draining of the emotional spectrum. I wonder what this peaceful paradise of a planet is going to do with a mass murderer like Alt Nias and and Carol. Even is, I was able to push most of the uh, alternate Exurans back through the holes. So there's them, but that implies there's still some other ones there. So what is this paradise of a planet going to do? Come up with a prison? And how's that going to affect the populace? Well, and I guess there's always a chance that when they're sending whatever whatever uh, bones they're going to be throwing these other timelines, maybe they'll be sending the people back too. Maybe. You guys got a science cell? <laughs> Take these guys with you. <laughs> Come on, you'll you'll like you'll like Mogo. Um. What else? Anything else? I don't think so. I think we... I think we touched on everything. Well, not everything. That, that, that'd, that'd be presumptuous. I think we touched on the key, on the key points, I should say. Yeah. Alright, um, so you want to take 27 then? Sure. Issue 27. Justin Jordan is the writer. Andre Bresson is the artist. While Brad Walker did kind of work on the cover. He didn't do most of this issue. And the and the cover has Kyle Rayner's little little hand being grabbed up there, all the with his white ring on and all the colors of the most of the colors. I, it could be all, but it, and mine it doesn't look like that. I don't see red really. But either way, the emotional spectrum's pouring out of his ring, and the t- title on the cover is "In the Hands of the Warmonger." So we open up and we are in space. Sector 3100, Muscarian Space. And we find out very quickly that the... And this is a mouthful. The Kalamawans. Calum- uh, otherwise, we'll be known from this point on as Exodus people. Are attacking the, uh, the homeworld of, <laughs> of the Muscarians, which are basically little mushroom people. Little innocent mushroom people, but but Exeter's people are attacking because they think they're for some reason they believe these little mushroom people are their mortal enemies, and we and we find out quickly from the narration that the person who is doing the narration is Exeter, our old friend from the previous from the early first two issues of. New Guardians, who was the protector of the Anomaly and Relic until Kyle and the Guardians showed up and screwed it all up. And Exeter is completely stunned by what's going on because this is not like his people. They shouldn't be doing this. There's no real animosity between his his race and the Muscarians, but yet they keep attacking. And he Exeter makes a choice, which is that he's going to protect the Muscarians. That's part of his role as the keeper. And of course, his the, uh, his people who are fighting him say, you know, keeper, you don't just des- you do not deserve that title. Not after you betray us like this. And he, Exeter is kind of all he's got his full Exeter going on. It's like I am Exeter. I do not betray and I do not fail. And he basically is beating the crap out of. Uh, Almost all of his own people, the warriors that are trying to stop him, 
they throw out a little line like, you should not have come here alone. And he goes, what makes you think I would be so unwise as to come here alone? And that, and the one warrior that was about to either, in, just let's say he was going to inflict serious damage on Exeter, potentially. He gets smacked in the face with a green construct. And, of course, who shows up but Kyle, Carol, and the New Guardians because Exeter had asked for, asked for their help. And Kyle asks Exeter as he continues to beat the hell out of his own people, you know, do you really need a hand? He goes, but your offer is appreciated, but not, you know, but unnecessary. The matter is in hand. Or, you know, Kyle makes a joke about it. Or in foot as, as a foot comes through, kicking the face of another one of Exeter's people. Uh, the uh, the guardians ask Exeter, so what's really the big deal here? You know, being a little more politically correct than that, because you know we have business elsewhere. So what do you, you know, what do you require of us? And he goes, I don't need any help in small battles such as this, Palco. I may need you guardians to help me end a war. And Zala. Zala says, you people are at war with the Muscarians? I mean, that just seems really, really unlikely. And he goes, no, it's, impo- it's, it's not unlikely. It's impossible. The Muscarians are incapable of violence. So he knows something's... Re- so Exeter's really concerned about why this would be going on. And we... And we, we find out... In a way, we... we uh, one of the benefits of this story is we find out a little more of what Exeter's role as the keeper was, not just of the anomaly. That besides protecting the anomaly, he was also he's the protector of the entire Kalamaran race from you know from the exile of the anomaly or the protecting the anomaly. He watches over all, so he's he's in an honored position. But he points out that you know. Once you guys showed up before, you kind of destroyed my, you destroyed the anomaly and ended my role. So for the first time in my for, for, so the, for the first time in history, I didn't have a role in protecting the anomaly, but my responsibility to protect my people still stand. And he points out that you know I I would ask you to help because I kind of feel like you owe me one for kind of screwing me out of my last gig. And he kind of goes, yeah, okay. And they kind of realize that what's going on. Part of what's been going on with with uh, Exeter's people is that they all have uh, their cognitive abilities have been augmented. So there's kind of like a like a exocortex more that basically has improved in their memory storage and their intellectual capacity. So as Kyle, you know, he breaks it down and makes it simple. So they so they built themselves extra brains and then someone hacked them. Which is exactly we find out what's what's going on is that the fact that we will we find out later on in the storyline that what's happened is that Exeter's people have been brainwashed into thinking certain things and they're, they're being used. And we find out. I'm trying to cut to the cut to the chase with this issue. That there is. There's one being in particular that is controlling all this, that is the source of of his Exeter's 
people in their brainwashing and everything that he kind of almost looks, he's got it like an, almost like an, it's like a pseudo eye patch on with a beard. He kind of looks like the Hulk as maestro combined with, uh, with Exeter. And when Exeter, Carol, Kyle go to confront, confront him, Kyle picks up really quickly that he goes, I'm glad you're entertained with all, you're entertained now. Who exactly are you? Because I don't believe for even a second you're one of Exodus people, not with that voice. So he obviously he sounds completely different than most of Exodus people. We find out that basically he is he has more or less taken over that form. That he had, that basically he is a kind of like a profiteer. That that he has been, you know, that he is a that Kyle refers to him as a warmonger because basically they. They, you know, they, he's an arms dealer, and basically, if there's not a there's not a war conflict, they use these little tricks of brainwashing and controlling and people to make their a need for weapons. So Kyle refers to him as a warmonger, and he goes, "I'm called a lot of things, but warmonger does have a certain ring to it." And speaking of rings, I'm quite interested in yours. So during the conflict, we find out that the body that the warmonger has taken over was basically going to be the next keeper. The body was grown to be Exeter's successor. So he's probably the creme to the creme of warriors, at least from a body point of view that Kyle could have unfortunately for him run up against. And of course he's made some upgrades using the uh, technology. Now he tries to convince Kyle or that uh, to give for his ring like what you know? What what powers your ring? Is that hard light technology? I could you know, I could make you an excellent deal if you would like to share. And he bla- and Kyle goes, yeah, sure, I'll share. And he blasts him in the face with white energy. And, and unfortunately, Kyle <laughs> finds out that he is more than capable of absorbing high levels of energy. Meanwhile, Exeter, you know, Exeter doesn't care about this. Exeter is kind of broken down now. His armor is kind of off. And he and, and he keeps con, he keeps um, confronting Warmonger. Warmonger makes a point of saying, you know, you are obsolete. Your world has changed. I've made it mine. There's no profit in this venture for you. And Kyle, looking all ex- extremely shiny, there goes, or for you because your clients, I think they'd like to have a word with you. And pretty much uh, walk once again, kind of like the last issue where Kyle was keeping the main villain busy while everybody else worked behind the scenes to undo the damage. We find out that the, the new guardians basically had kind of like reprogrammed the, uh, or shut down the contamination, the corruption of the exocortex. So Exeter's people are kind of back to where they were. The, we also, they, we confront the, uh, they capture the warmonger. It kind of, it's found, we also find out that technically that I guess as a failsafe when these things don't these little excursions or incursions don't really work that the wherever the warmonger comes from that pretty much he just uploads his unco- his consciousness to get it out of there so it's like if he's got to jump ship cut bait he does it and gets out of there but the guardians kind of prevented that from happening but it is interesting that even though he can't really escape, he's and he's just a, he's just a copy of whatever the 
primary was, the master, he just kind of points out that my primary will want to will want reintegration. I cannot allow you primitives to retain an, an instance of my existence. My primary will be coming. And of course, Exeter is uh, Exeter really doesn't care about that. He's in no mood for negotiate. To negotiate, he tells him to place him in a secure facility. <laughs> the warmonger keeps trying to negotiate. Exeter just says if he speaks again, nail his tongue to the nearest convenient surface. There's a cute little there's some cute little banter going on between Kyle and Exeter, kind of at the end, about uh, Exeter actually makes a joke when. Uh, after Exeter points out this world isn't how he remembers it, and Kyle throws out that old line, they do say you can't go home again. And he goes, clearly I can. And then Kyle goes, well, what I really meant was, and he goes, that was a joke, Kyle Rayner. He's like, oh, then it was funny. And and Exeter kind of points out, which I did kind of gloss over in this issue, that during early on in the issue, when the when the when Carol and Kyle first show up to help. Exeter makes a comment about this is really like no time for romantic batter banter, excuse me. <laughs> batter would be something completely different. Rom- romantic, romantic banter, which kind of stuns Kyle a little because he goes romantic, which again means Kyle is kind of oblivious if he's not picking up on Carol's signals, or maybe he doesn't want to. But at the end, Exeter points out, you know, Carol would make an excellent life share. And Kyle goes, well, you know, I don't think she's dating, but I probably can get her number for you. And he goes, you're you're a fool, Kyle Rayner. You don't see what's right in front of you. And Kyle, once again, I don't know what you're talking about, which to me kind of at this point might be is implying that Kyle kind of knows what's going on. And he just kind of wants to avoid it as much as possible until he has to deal with it. Kyle asked him if there's anything else that you need from us, if you need me to help fix stuff. And he goes, no, you cannot solve all the problems of others. This we must fix ourselves. For years, I stood alone on the edge of the universe, believing I was alone in my responsibility. I was wrong. And he goes, remember that until we meet again, Kyle Rayner. And that ends issue 27. And so hopefully we'll be seeing Exeter down the road again. And that's that. Kind of an odd point, but I like the use of uh, Exeter calling Kyle, Kyle Rayner every time he says his name. Yeah, I kind of. It is kind of cool when some when some aliens or characters do that because it just seems it just seems kind of natural. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Be like me saying uh, instead of "Hey Mark, Hey Mark Marvel." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey Mark, Hey Mark Marvel. <laughs> um, what did you think of the art in this issue? I knew you were going to ask that because I'm just. It's it's really interesting because it seems a little uneven mm-hmm. at times. I think I think Exer and his people are drawn really well. I like that. There are some instances that I like the way Kyle looks, but not all. Um, not all the time. I don't really like Carol that much. I certainly don't like her face, the way she's drawn. I don't. Um, I don't like her face. <laughs> I know it sounded really harsh. She's like she she needs to have some work done. No, it just doesn't look doesn't really look like Carol, like when they're sitting there in that little spaceship talking mm-hmm. that uh, as they're traveling back to Exeter's world, that it just seems like uh, she doesn't, she looks more Asian than she looks like Carol. Uh, they, they do it in, it's an interesting take on Kyle's White Lantern uniform though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are because I think you tend not to like it super shiny, but they certainly draw it pretty shiny in this issue. Yeah. 
Their warmonger looked cool, but again, everything that looked like everything that was cl- that was related to Exeter and his people, I thought looked pretty cool. And and the little mushroom people looked kind of cool. I did kind of feel bad for them, so for some reason that kind of got the uh, the desired effect. <laughs> what is warmonger? You think, or do they come back to that later on? I think they'll probably revisit it later on. Since we know he's a copy, we know he's not the original. It's almost like he's a virus mm-hmm. in a way. It's almost like he's a computer virus that that gets gets spread out, or a computer program that gets spread out. Um, but it was an interesting concept to a certain. I mean, I think overall it was an interesting concept. Uh, I liked that we saw Exodor again, mm-hmm. and I think you got some of the some of the answers that you remember when we talked about Exodor. I think you had. We were talking about some of the questions about him. Whether what his job was was he always the, like the only one? You know, was he always the only keeper? Or was that and things like that? I think we kind of get a little more of an insight into who he was, who he is, and what his role was. And obviously, if they're growing another keeper or training, you know, had a body ready to go for another keeper, that at least at some point that they knew he was going to need a replacement. Yeah. Which kind of implies to me that he's not the only that he probably isn't the only one, but we also don't know how long they live. But the odds are that since there's a history there, since there's a tradition of what the keeper is, I think it's probably safe to say that he's just one of a one of the you know in a line of keepers. I like little bits of comedy throughout this, like the point where uh, Kyle breaks down the door. And Carol, do you remember the last time you opened the door and someone wasn't waiting to kill us? And Kyle's like, not even a little. <laughs> or, or also the point when, uh, just how Exeter points out after Kyle breaks down the door, you know, like, I would, I would have got it, I'd gotten it eventually. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I would have gotten it eventually. <laughs> I also find it interesting that Kyle again he uses red. Mm-hmm. He uses the red construct, and then almost like an homage to that is when, uh, to me, when Exeter is going, you will un- undo this atrocity. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that was kind of potentially clever if that's what they were going for. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of glad they, you know, made Kyle realize it in this issue because any longer, and I would have called bullshit. I was going to call bull- bullshit before now because Kyle's the first one in supposedly the first one in history to get a handle on the entire emotional spectrum in the previous uh in the previous uh well two issues ago he pulled up a map based on who was feeling what in the area and detected fear and anger in in an area so if he can detect emotions surely he can connect can can, detect love and feel that carol feels something for him you know what i mean right so yeah, any longer I would have called bullshit on it. I mean, look at her; she's waving at him <laughs> with her breast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> I don't know. I so now, so now the real question becomes: you know, he's he been he been keeping he he's had blinders on probably on purpose. So, so the question is: is he how they're going to take it, or where they're going to go with it? Does he have the blinders on just because he doesn't think he should go there, and he knows that if he does go there, even though even even if he has the feelings to go there, that it's probably going to not be a good thing for multiple reasons, 
or has he been avoiding it and doesn't want to deal with it because he really doesn't have the feelings and that's going to be a whole nother problem when that gets put all put on the table. So they can pretty much go one of two ways with that. Let's see which let's see. Let's see where they go. Yeah. But Exeter <laughs> Exeter kinda is a funny guy though. <laughs> yeah. In his own deadpan kind of way. He kinda really he is funny. He just gets those he just makes those comments, just like his joke at the end, which was you know which of course you can almost imagine the way he would deliver the line, so Kyle would never in a million years think he was actually being funny. You know what I wanna see? I want I want to see Exeter meets Kilowog. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. It's like Exeter is Kyle's own personal Kilowog. Be interesting to see him meet our Kilo too. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> um, I don't know that there's much to say about this. Not because it wasn't interesting or good or anything. It's just that that's the we don't we I I do want one shots like this. I do like this. It's just that, you know, there's not much here. And no, until once you, once you get... until they come until they, you know, call back to it later on. Like with the when when uh when uh what's his name? Um the warmonger says, you know, I'm I'm just a piece of, you know, my primary is coming soon. So when they call back to it later on, you know, then there'll be more to talk about, but right. For now, there's not a whole lot. And and a bunch of the issue was just you know them fighting, on yeah, it's just, you know, fighting Exodus people. I mean, once they once they once they left once they left Mushroom Land to arrive back on Exodus planet, then for the most part, there were just there was just a lot of battling going on. At least until you got through the door and dealt with the warmonger. Yeah, and that's when you kind of got the twist. And I, I I like the fact that you know you found out that basically that his body was uh was going to be the other keeper was the next keeper. So, yeah. All right. Um, anything else you want to say about this issue or the uh, all three issues in general? No, I th- I I I like them though. I thought they were, I thought they were good. I didn't I didn't think it certainly nothing happened in these three issues to change my overall opinion of this book, and I, that's a good thing because to me this is still the best, the best of the four books at the moment. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting because I know last time we talked about core and that one of the interesting things that we're struggling with is that in a way core it should the core kind of is giving you in a way what you would expect a book called Green Lantern Core to be like or to be the content wise what it would contain, but yet somehow it's not satisfying. Whether it's just because it's the same basic idea, you know, the same storyline that's going on and on and on, or whether there's more to it. You look at this issue and, and kind of like just the way they handled in these three issues, how they had a two-issue arc, a one-issue arc, and that pattern, you know, kind of is continuing now. And uh, after that, you know, in the next story arc, so I think that's going to be a three-issue arc because they've already had two issues of uh, this, and with a cliffhanger heading into the next. So I think it's a th- another three-issue arc. But still, you know, maybe from a structural point of view, maybe the way. Uh, New Guardians is doing it is would be would be a better way for the core to do it. You know, couple one issue story arcs, two issue arcs, a three issue arc, two, and still kind of accomplishing the same thing because in a way, you know, if Kyle was a Green Lantern floating with floating in in space with the with the Guardians right now, you could almost see how this would fit into a core book too, since they're doing core, you know, they're going to other planets, doing 
you know, they're, they're, you know what I mean. So it's kind of it is interesting from us why exactly this book is so successful. Is it just because the it's completely unrelated to the other the other books? Is it because of the more sci-fi kind of feel to it and what they're going for, or you know? Or maybe this is just going to – right now, this is the designated book for the bigger ideas and for the concepts that are going to affect all the cores and all the books. Maybe this is the book for whatever reason that was plotted out as that's where all the initial you know shoes are going to drop. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, um, listener feedback? Sounds good. All right, I'll start off with Facebook, and then if you want to read the email, yes, and then I have the email up, and then I'll do Twitter. Um, okay. So, uh, just on Facebook, just a couple of shout-outs. Uh, posted the Villains Month episode, and um, shout-outs to Sean and Ryan, as well as Dan, who said, "Who could resist such astoundingly 3D covers?" Um, I got bored one day and made up a uh, Sliders podcast uh, artwork, and uh, it's I said, you know, the Sliders podcast, and Jim chimed in and said, it's called Sliders Cast, because we're lazy, and that's that's how we name podcasts. But other than that, I like the art. Episodes should be getting posted soon over at SlidersCast.com, says Jim. Uh, although I just tried to go to SlidersCast.com a minute ago, and it didn't work, so get on that, Jim. <laughs> um uh, thanks to following in the great tradition of lanterncast.com and some issues there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just follows us everywhere. Yep. Uh, Saint Saint Patrick's Day was a, a big a big roaring success over on the Lanterncast. Uh, thanks to Grace and Chris, uh, Ben Ben and Matthew and Dwayne and John and and everybody who liked our little cover photo of uh, that classic uh, Saint Patty's Day artwork with the Green Lantern Corps and all related uh, names, characters, and elements. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sergio and uh, Chad are really uh, seeming to enjoy the, the new show um, Sergio wants us to coax Jim and Dan back once in a while and maybe James from Ireland um, and uh, Chad had uh, similar sense, uh, sentiments I also posted a link uh, over to the outhousers.com uh, that had uh, basically a, a quick little interview with the uh, Green Lantern animated series showrunners talking about where the um, the uh, Green Lantern animated series was was headed. Basically, that you know the first half, you know, because the way that the DVDs released um, before the the Blu-ray collection uh, that's out now was you know it was the Red Lantern stuff uh, first. Uh, in the first half, and then the second half was uh, the anti-monitor IS stuff, um, Manhunter stuff. Well, the first half of the next season would have been Sinestro Corps War, and uh, the second half would have would have been like uh, Blackest Night slash Seeds for Blackest Night. So that had a lot of people up in arms. Um, posted. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, posted a, a couple of things. I'll, I'll get to this one thing uh, last, um, so that'll lead into the email. Uh, posted a couple of things that uh, I combined my Arctic Batman Lego figure with my White Lantern Superman S World figure, and now I have a White Lantern Batman Lego figure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jim said Pixar didn't happen, so today I posted pics, <laughs> uh, of which Chris is uh, exceedingly jealous, it seems. 
Um, Errol C., an artist friend of mine who has been interviewed on the show before, a uh, local Austin artist, posted the other day of a commission he did for uh, a, a customer of his. Uh, Daryl Dixon from Walking Dead going up against some Black Lanterns and holding a crossbow to uh, Black Hand's head, uh, which is pretty pretty freaking cool. Um, also uh, posted up something that I saw the other day online. Um, apparently there is going to be a ceramic salt and pepper shaker set of Green Lantern and Flash. So that's pretty freaking cool. Uh, it was interesting looking. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll buy it for the novelty of nothing else. I said, uh, I'm kind of hoping, uh, or what did I say? The, um, the arms, right? You don't want the salt to go in the yeah, arms, right? so, Yeah, but uh, I said, get ready for your basic table condiments to become faster friends. Because <laughs> I'm clever like that. Um, and then last but not least, I just posted a couple of things. So thanks to, to Mark and Dan and Chad uh, and uh, Dowd. Uh, posted about our Lights Out episode, which went up, um, I believe, on the 20th. So that went up not too long ago. Uh, so we haven't had that much of a chance to get feedback, but we did get an email about it. So that's that's pretty quick turnaround. That was surprising, but it's funny because I just happened to check it. Um, I just happened to check it like about an hour before we were going to record tonight, and it's like, oh, it took me a second because it was so quick. It's like at first I thought it was, oh, this was his response to my response to his previous <laughs> email, but it wasn't. So this is from Scott, who's been a regular emailer for us for a while now, and we can count on Scott to email us pretty much after every episode, so it's really cool. So Scott goes, hi guys, I just finished the Lights Out episode, and I want to pass along that you did a great commentary on the five-issue series, and I really enjoyed both of your insights. I agree with you. I can't believe some people think it was horrible. I actually really enjoyed it. I think the people that didn't like it are HAL fans. I liked how... Ha half-cocked he was, just like old times, and in the end, Kyle becomes the savior of the story, which was refreshing to see. Just a quick note, I think one of the villains that was released from the science cells was Flicker. Do you remember him from the 90s? I love that you guys are covering all seven titles. He might be a little too generous for about us, or with uh, towards us with that, because who knows when we're going to get to some of these things, but he goes, and that you're going to go back and finish Threshold. <laughs> I still have the second half of the threshold issues piled on my floor, all unread yet. As does everyone else have, Scott. <laughs> Some are using them to prop up tables and other things. Or bird cages. Uh, I still... <laughs> I'll get to them when you review them. I'm a bit of a completist myself, so I'm glad to hear that it sounds like you guys are too. Only the most serious Green Lantern podcast on the planet will go back and review threshold. That's right, Mark. Well, I guess after, after he throws that out, like, so we almost have no choice. That will be the drunk episode for me, I think. Oh, I will be giving you no choice. We have, <laughs> we have to get shit reviews every now and then. That way we can you know, keep people laughing. That, either, either that or those would be like uh, – we'll, we'll hold ourselves to like five-minute five re, five reviews for each issue, <laughs> which might be more than enough. Uh Speaking of old issues, there's a bunch of issues of the Green Lantern, the animated series, that need to be looked at, too. Hint. Keep up the great work, Scott. I would much rather read the animated series books than Threshold. There, 
Okay, I won't say there are plans, but we've talked about this. Uh, we've talked about the Green Lantern animated series, uh, as well as the tie-in animated series comic book, and doing some sort of coverage of that. I won't say specifically what we plan to do with it, because nothing's been confirmed yet, but uh, we, we do have plans to cover it sooner rather than later in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, semantics. Um, so uh, with all that Mark and I have to get to, um, it was it was it was looking kind of like uh, we wouldn't be able to get to some of the other stuff like the animated series, like Threshold, like Larflees, uh, for a while. But um, we're working on some stuff, so uh, hopefully you'll be able to hear some reviews. Uh, about uh, the the animated series as well as the animated series comic book uh, sooner than we had previously anticipated. So, I don't know. Is that sufficient enough? You think, Mark? I think so. Okay. All right. Um, as far as Flickr, um, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know a hundred percent. The re- the reason being is because Green Lantern number. Oh, 22, 23, and 24 I have. Um, those were the issues where Star Sapphire showed up for like a three-issue arc. Um, and then it kind of went into the whole, uh, the Green Lantern, the new Green, the quote-unquote new Green Lantern Corps um, storyline stuff. Um, and Flickr was on the cover of 21 right before the, the, the three-issue Star Sapphire thing. Um so, and it's been forever since I've read those issues, those three Star Starfire-involved issues. I think he was in that, um, but I, it's, I, it's, been a, like, it's been a while since I've read those issues. But I know for sure he was on the cover of 21, so I'm guessing that means he was introduced at like towards the end of 20. So, if I remember right, I don't know, I'd, I'd have to look it up. Um, but I think that's how it went. He was, you know, one of those people that popped up at the end of... of uh, of an issue and then the next issue he was on the cover and then was involved maybe in the background of preceding issues. Um, that's usually how it works when there's like a big villain that shows up on the, on the cover of one issue is that he was in, you know, uh, introduced in the, the, the issue previously, uh, at the very end of the issue. So I don't know, but I know who you're talking about. I know. I'd like to get to that old series at some point. I do have a bunch of those issues. I don't actually have that. I'm looking at the cover. I don't actually have issue, issue 21. Um, I have a lot of the first issues. I have a, a lot of the stuff they did with uh, the old timer. Mm-hmm. When Hal just in, Hal kind of coming back into the uh, flow of being a Green Lantern. I And I do have a, a bunch... In the, well, I know I have the third law storyline with entropy mm-hmm. in the 30s because actually, I, when I did my second Green Lantern screenplay, I kind of used that as my basis. I used that entropy storyline. Um, so I have most, I have a lot of issues from the 30s throughout, but from backtracking towards the end of obviously leading into Emerald Twilight, and obviously I have all the Kyle, all the Kyle runs. So, I, but. I don't have too many. I don't think I have that many issues in the twenties because I don't have that Star Sapphire arc. Um, I do have the issue. Was it was it like twenty five when Hal and Guy Gardner were duking it out for the for the ring? 
Uh, was it 25? I don't know. It might have been. So I, I do have I do so I I have a bunch so we could that that's definitely something we could we could revisit even if it's not every single you know the whole the whole volume but certainly Those, a, a few storylines yeah. or here or there that it would be it would be worth it definitely would be worth yeah it is twenty five I'm just looking at the cover for twenty five so yep. Cool. Good stuff. Thanks again, Scott. We always can't. We can always count on you. And hopefully, some of you other guys will, you know, catch on that we're doing these uh, listener feedback things and start emailing us too. We really hope so. Uh, that way, we don't have to um, search around too much on Facebook and Twitter to to keep this uh, segment going. So, um, speaking of Twitter, shout out to uh, Detroit Thor uh, and Joseph, as well as Scott, for some tweets and retweets. Uh, Firestorm fan mentioned that on the latest Who's Who Who's Who podcast that they discussed uh, the Predator. So that was cool because you know they go they go through all the the Who's Who is Who Who's Who issues. Um, uh, and some more retweets and stuff from Rainer two eight one four and Hollywood Dominic. Also, uh, you know Jim Ford <laughs> tweeted out. Lights Out 2 being developed by Green Lantern's writer, Green Lantern writers. This time, Relic is all about conserving electricity. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it'll be, give a hoot, don't pollute. <laughs> That's right. And then I tweeted out that... Uh, um, <laughs> then I tweeted out that our review of Lights Out was up, and Scott said, cool... Just waiting for it to show up on my iTunes feed. Can't wait. So obviously he, he took a listen to that. Uh, <laughs> and this is a whole a whole thing. Um, uh, Floto said, uh, listening to Chad rant on episode 175, hashtag all will be well. <laughs> uh, and scott said uh, there were a few re- episodes on a few rants on that episode to be sure and then dowd and uh said that uh asked if it had shown up on his feed yet uh uh and uh both scott and dowd were still waiting it's up guys uh the lights out episode is up there was some issue i fixed it it should you should be able to listen to it now uh i'm sure they know that by now that by the time they hear this um Floto said, uh, I'm sure when he catches up with his GL reading, he'll feel much better. Funny listening to a seven a seven month old rant. <laughs> <laughs> now, Floto, did you mean in terms of content, or my ranting was like that of a seven month old if he could talk? <laughs> <laughs> or, or both. Or both. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Floto is always talking about Green Lantern on on Twitter. Uh, we got new followers, by the way, of uh, Flash TV Talk and Grey Wolf Games. So thanks, guys, for following us. Uh, but uh, there were some people talking with Floto, and one of them asked if he could uh, have a link to Floto's uh, uh, podcast, a Green Lantern podcast. And Floto says, you know, it's it's not me. I only blog, but I push Blogavoa and Lanterncast quite heavily because they're awesome. So thanks again, Floto, for, for, being, for being our pimp. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you, you can't? <laughs> I can't. Nice. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. 
Um, so I, I also pulled up uh, the uh, hashtag, uh, the, 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 land, the hashtag GLcast for Twitter. Uh, and I got uh, somebody using it. Jesse, another one of our our, our big followers, Jesse is reading uh, is using it. He said, uh, rereading lights out before I listen to the next episode, as well as he says, uh, listening to episode 176 regarding lanterns powering their own rings. Larflees can still do it. I have hope that 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 it will continue. I'm not reading Larflees at the moment, so. I don't know what he's referring to there, but we, you know, since we do plan to be getting to Larflees, I'm sure we'll be coming back to that, Jesse. Do you know what he's referring to? I knew you were gonna ask me that. Uh, do I? Um, yes, I. Yeah, I, th- I think, but I think that has to. D- I think, if I'm remembering correctly, that it has to do with just the fact that he's had so much contact with the with the orange with the orange battery that he's essentially. Uh, is like a living battery. Hmm. So I think that could be why simply the reason why he can power he can power his own ring. Unless he's referring to something else, but I, I know that was that was something that was a point in the you know the revenge revolt I always keep forgetting what that storyline is of the orange lanterns that uh that they were going to kill him and one of the things they realized is cuz I think at this point his I think his battery was taken was taken away from him. So they don't have a ba- they don't they don't have any way to power their rings, and they were going to kill Larflees, and they realize that pretty much they can charge, they could charge their rings by using Larflees. So if they kill them, they're not going to be able to do that. So I think that might I think that might be what he's referring to. But yeah. But when you've been hoarding that battery for 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 eons. <laughs> You know, when your power level is up to like 7,000%, I guess some of it kind of soaks into your, your cells. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for the feedback, guys. And again, hopefully you guys start taking advantage of uh, of uh, the email, uh, lanterncast at gmail.com and, and the voicemail 708lantern. Uh, we have not gotten a voicemail um, in a good long while. Uh, I don't know if we've gotten one since we started the podcast, uh, just me and – well, I, I, me and Mark. Since we inherited it. Yeah, since we, <laughs> since we inherited the podcast. Um, so, uh, you know, leave us some voicemails and, and don't forget the three-minute time limit. Uh, how else can they get a hold of us, Mark? Uh, snail mail. <laughs> <laughs> Psychics. Uh, you can visit our website, lanterncast.com. You can access our forums. You can check out galleries. Uh products of the week and other things you can follow us on twitter use hashtag glcast like us on facebook we are on itunes and stitcher and if you like us on itunes please leave a positive review last but not least if you'd like to leave us a voicemail call us at 708 lantern because as you've just heard we we need voicemails 708 lantern and let us know what you think and the email again because I know Chad said it, but I'll say it again, is lanterncast at gmail.com. Yeah, and don't forget to use the hashtag GLcast on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, as you heard with uh, with Jesse, uh, we, were, we were doing that there. So that, that works. It works, people. 
And every now and then when I post something related to LanternCast on my Instagram feed, I use the hashtag GLCast. So uh, although we don't have a, uh, an Instagram account for the show, uh, we do have uh, one in, in the terms that, you know, when I post something related to the show, I use GLCast. So there is that. Alrighty. Nice. Um, so that's it, guys. I guess next episode we'll be talking about um, Red Lanterns. So uh, prepare, prepare, prepare. We're getting close to being caught up, people. That's right. At least we can see light at the end of the tunnel. No pun, no pun intended. At least we're, we're at least we're at the point where maybe one more one more episode each for the t- each title, and we'll be up, you know, up to up to snuff. We're hoping anyway. That's right. All right, folks. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. you're going to entertain your little cousin and his friends by lying to them? How is this lying? Well, magic show is an inherently deceitful proposition. This is an ordinary top hat. You've chosen that card freely. I do not have a set of lockpicks lodged in my keister. Can't you just enjoy the wonder, Sheldon? Why must you peek behind the curtain or rub the butt? If we poison the critical thinking faculties of children by telling them that rabbits come out of hats, then we create adults who believe in astrology and homeopathy and that Ryan Reynolds was a better choice for Green Lantern than lovable rogue Nathan Fillion. (laughs) 